Dan Cyprian, youth pastor here at Christian Life, if you don't know me. Um, last weekend, Pastor Daryl uh, came over something uh, terrible physically, got strep throat and sinuses, and uh, texted me very early Saturday morning, said, hey, can you, can you speak for me? Uh, I can't talk. I don't feel well. So last week they asked me to speak, and I, I appreciate the opportunity. But they were kind of desperate last weekend. This weekend I'm actually scheduled because Pastor Daryl is on vacation. Um, but I'm grateful to have the opportunity. Who lets the youth pastor speak back-to-back weekends? I don't know. With nobody. So I'm sure that'll be fixed. So please it, it, ease your mind. It'll probably never happen again. So. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, thank you for, for uh, just welcoming my wife and I over the last few months to your church family. And it's, it's been, I've just been blessed to have the opportunity to, to not just get to know you, but to minister and to fulfill the calling God has for my life. Um, when I was in high school, I, I thought I knew it all. I don't know if you've ever seen a teenager, or you maybe yourself, when, but when I got to college, I realized I didn't know it all. But when I did graduate college, then that's where I really knew it all, or at least I thought so. I got married, and I thought I knew it all until my wife made sure to tell me that I didn't <laughs> know it all. But I've been, if, if you've spent any time with Pastor Fred like I have, I've been learning so much from him. Um, In fact, he has really helped me understand life. And this morning I want to kind of share some of that. Uh, So so, so, so lean over to the person next to you and say, you're about to understand life. Go ahead. Let me explain life in this illustration. On the first day, God created the dog. God said, sit all day by the door of your house and bark at anyone who comes in or walks past. I will give you a lifespan of 20 years. The dog says, that's too long to be barking. Give me 10 years and I'll give you back the other 10. So God agreed. On the second day, God created the monkey. God said, entertain people, do monkey tricks and make them laugh. I'll give you 20 year lifespan. The monkey said, monkey tricks for 20 years? I don't think so. Well, the dog gave you 10 back, so that's what I'll do, okay? And God agreed. On the third day, God created the cow. That's not the punchline yet, okay? It's okay, but thank you, thank you. God said, you must go to the field with the farmer all day long and suffer under the sun. Have calves and give milk to support the farmer. I will give you a lifespan of 60 years. The cow said, that's kind of a tough life you want me to live for 60 years. Let me have 20, and I'll give you back the other 40. So God agreed. On the fourth day, God created man. God said, eat, sleep, play, marry, and enjoy life. I will give you 20 years. The man says, what? Only 20 years? I tell you what, I'll take my 20 and the 40 the cow gave back, and the 10 the monkey gave back, and the 10 the dog gave back, and that makes 80, okay? Okay, said God, you've got a deal. So that is why for the first 20 years we eat, sleep, play, and enjoy ourselves, 
And for the next 40 years, we slave in the sun to support our family. And the next 10 years, we do monkey tricks to entertain the grandchildren. And the last 10 years, we sit on the front porch and bark at everyone that goes by. So that is life. That's understanding life. Thank you, Pastor Fred, for giving me that wisdom. If you have your Bibles this morning, can you turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 4? The first time I spoke in February, I shared very personal stories of, of specific moments in my life that defined me. Last week, I, I shared an illustration and an invitation that God gives us every day. And, but today, I want to get a little bit more practical um, application. Ephesians 4.15. And though I normally read out of the NIV, I want to say, I want to read it out of the message because I think it, it, it gives a little bit more explanation. It says, God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love. Like Christ in everything, we take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. God wants us to grow up. There are guidelines to growth. I think there's, you know, the first thing is kind of, we need to be intentional about growing. Um, most people think if they show up for work, they'll get better. Um, kind of like if you show up for church, you'll get better. And church is great, but you don't just show up and grow. I've heard it said that the longer you live, the better you'll get, but that's not true either. I know a lot of people who are getting older and not necessarily better. Maturity doesn't necessarily come with age. Sometimes age comes by itself. I gave my life to Christ when I was four years old. That was 31 years ago. But the length doesn't make me mature spiritually. Just because I've been saved for 31 years doesn't mean I'm strong spiritually. That doesn't make that. I have a two-year-old son, Xavier, and you'll probably hear me use him as illustrations um, a lot. But as a two-year-old, he's growing a lot every day. It seems like every morning he wakes up, he's grown um, another inch and another pound and um, and he thinks he knows everything as well. But you know that if he, he can grow physically, and he'll continue to get bigger and older, but he can continue to have a two-year-old mindset if he doesn't learn, if he doesn't intentionally grow, if I as a father don't um, teach him and train him in the way that he should go, right? Growth doesn't just happen. So let me ask you this, what's your plan for spiritual growth? How do you know you're growing spiritually? You see, most people are anxious to improve their circumstances, but not anxious to improve themselves. Therefore, do not grow. We've been doing this series called Real Life. And I don't think real life is that complicated. Now, don't get me wrong, we all have our struggles and our challenges and our obstacles. 
But the question is, is when are we going to grow up? The longer you put off doing something you should do now, the greater the odds are that you will never do it. My wife reminds me of this often when she asks me to do the dishes. And I said, I'll do it later. And then she tells me to do the dishes. And I say, later. If I don't do it right away, what are the chances of me doing it later? It's kind of like that in our spiritual lives, isn't it? But your life will radically change if you intentionally want to grow spiritually. I think there's another guideline to spiritual growth, and that is to create a growth environment. You know, surround yourself with people that will help you grow. Spiritual mentors. Um, get connected to a small group uh, to, to grow with others. Um, being a part of a church, not just attending church, but being involved in church and serving will help you grow. That's a great environment to be in. I've heard somebody once say, John Maxwell say, that we need to be a river, not a reservoir. In other words, God will give us what he wants to do through us, right? But when I think of growth, I think of one word specifically, and that is consistency. Consistency is, is kind of like motivation gets you going, but discipline keeps you growing. Motivation only lasts for so long until real life happens. How many of you have ever made a New Year's resolution? I mean, you, you didn't see that coming because we're in June. I mean, we've long passed our New Year's resolution, right? I've made New Year's resolutions. I, I've, I've been guilty of saying, you know what, this year I'm going to exercise more. This year I'm going to lose weight. And usually around November and December when I'm gorging myself through the holidays, I say, well, next year, next year for sure, it's coming up. Thank God I'm in this next year, uh, or I'm in this year, so give me another piece of cake. Because next year I'm going to, I remember going to the gym the first week of January, and I pulled in, and the parking lot was full, and I had to park like three blocks away. I did not, I planned on going to the gym to exercise. I didn't plan on exercising on my way to the gym, right? That's just ridiculous. The place was packed when I walked in and every machine was taken. So I asked to see the manager. I said, sir, your parking lot is too small and your gym is way too small. The manager kind of smiled and he says, come back in two weeks. <laughs> it won't be full then. You could probably park in the front row and you could have any machine you want. You see, it takes the average person about 14 days to actually stop following through with the decisions they make or the resolutions or the habits they're trying to get into. But the word consistency is so boring, isn't it? I mean, have you ever had somebody come up to you? I've had people come up to me and be like, Dan, 
man, you are so, and I, you know, and I, I've got m- words in my mind like, yes, 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 I'm so, like, great and amazing, right? right? You're so consistent. It's like, oh. I was thinking more of, like, brilliant, but consistent is all right. You and I will never grow until we are consistent every day. Even in our spiritual growth, consistency is important. Growth is a daily journey. It's not an event. Listen, coming to church is great, and church services are great, but just attending a church service doesn't help you grow. Yes, it can help you grow, but you don't just instantly grow because you attend. I've heard it said that if you do something every day for 10 years, you will become an expert in that field. Well, I've been married for over 10 years, so I think I'm an expert husband, don't you think, Kelly? Not quite. I've been a pastor for over 10 years. I definitely haven't, I'm not an expert in pastoring either, but I feel, I hope I'm growing and I'm learning over the years. But if you do something long enough and you're not good at it, there's probably something wrong, right? I've heard an example called the rule of five. And the rule of five is like this. You have a tree in your yard. And if you're anything like me, I don't like big trees. Um, And so if you want to cut that tree down, you get an axe. And if you go out with your axe and you... You chop five times and you put the X down. And the next day you chop five times. And, you, and then day after day you hit a five. What's going to happen? Help me out here. It's going to fall down, right? It's, I mean, there's no, you know, no doubt that it's eventually going to. Well, listen, every day works. Being consistent works. Someday doesn't work. Somebody once told me that there are seven days in a week and someday isn't one of them. You see, when we say, when we commit to a cause, or when we make a decision, or if we make a resolution, we start by swinging the axe like a hundred times, right? We go at it full force the first day. But the next day, we don't want to have anything to do with that axe, right? We're tired. We don't feel like doing it. We overestimate what we can do in a day, and we underestimate what we can do in many. In other words, we overestimate decision-making and we underestimate decision follow-through. We make a lot of decisions every day, but are we just making decisions or are we making disciples? How can we apply this spiritually in our lives? Tell the person next to you, this is going to help you. Turn to them again and says, and you need a lot of help. (laughs) Just want to make sure you're paying attention this morning. I want to talk to you about five things to do every day to grow spiritually. Very simple things. Tell the person next to you, even you can do this. See, we're getting there now. Five simple things that I believe that, that has helped me Grow, continue to grow every day. Number one, God time. Well, you say, Pastor Dan, I I knew you were going to go there. I knew you're so predictable. I knew you were going to say, spend time with God. Let me tell you this. 
God wants to spend time with us. He doesn't need us. He wants us. When Adam sinned, it was not Adam who asked God, where are you? It was God who asked Adam, where are you? You see, your God time will change when you realize this, that God wants to spend more time with you more than you want to spend time with him. Are you hearing me? Now I'm starting to preach. God has always initiated the relationship. From the beginning of time, even in Genesis, he initiated the relationship with Adam, right? He initiated the relationship when he sent Jesus to us. And even today, he initiates, he calls us by name to say, listen, I want to spend time with you. Last week, I illustrated a fictional invitation, and I'm sorry for those that you were offended that I lied to you for a few minutes. But, uh, and I, and I, for those of you that weren't here, it was, it was an invitation by the White House from the President of the United States to invite me to, to a forum and discussion on a variety of topics for today's teenager. It, was, it wasn't true. But my point was, is I was invited and I looked at my calendar and I said that I had a haircut that day so I couldn't go. And we could laugh and it's silly, but how often does something come up or we put things off or God is calling us to do something and we say, well, I can't do it today, I've got a haircut. It's God. The creator of the universe. The one who heals, the one who redeems, the one who saves. And we need to decide to hang out with God more often. Every day. You want to grow spiritually? Yes, it might be sound cliche. It might just be like, oh, Pastor Dan, I hear this all the time. Listen. We need to know. This is number one. We need to spend more time with God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we all know this scripture well, but the message says it this way. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. But listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. You see, God knows what's best for you. That's why he asks us to trust him. God will tell us what's best for us, and that's why we need to listen. We don't know what's best for us, and that's why we need to run towards God instead of away from God. God wants to spend time with you and I every day. Well, what do you mean by every day? I've had people ask me, well, what do you do on your birthday? I spend time with God. Just because it's my birthday doesn't mean I should take a day. Oh, well, it's my birthday. I can could, I could do whatever I want, right? No, spend time with God. Well, what do you do for Christmas? I mean, you would think out of all the days of the year, Christmas would be a good day to spend time with God, right? But how often do we get that too busy that day, right? Or spending time with other people, which is a good thing to do. But we still need to spend time with God at Christmas, right? 
This past Christmas, I woke up kind of early, and my wife and my son were still sleeping, and I sat down, and, and there was a, a little book in, in my Bible that I have been wanting to read, and it's called Practicing the Presence of God. Great little booklet. And I read that whole, whole little book Christmas morning, and it was a reminder to me that whether it's my birthday or a holiday, it doesn't take away from any day that you should be with God. Well, what do you do when you're sick? You spend time with God. Not some days, not good days, not most days, not just happy days, but every day. Spend time with God. Number two, gift time. Gift time. We need to discover our uniqueness and then discipline ourselves to develop our gifts. Every person has within them certain gifts from God placed in us. These are things that we dream and these are things that David called, calls the desires of our hearts. You see, true satisfaction in life comes only when we operate in our gifted areas. In other words, nothing makes a person happier than doing what God has created them to do. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts, and He activates them. He gives us gifts that we are good at. He gives us gifts that we will have an opportunity to use. And when we function in our giftings, we will actually love doing it. We need to have gift time every day. So how do you find your spiritual gift? I tend to ask the question of, you know, battle of elimination, what am I not gifted in, right? And if you know me at all, you would know that my gift is not craftsmanship. I don't make things, I break things. My wife knows this about me. She learned very quickly when we, we first got married that I was not a handy person, Mr. Fix-It, like her father. Her father is very handy, um, knows how to pretty much do anything in the house, not me. Our first Christmas together, after we were married, we got our a real Christmas tree. Sounded like a good idea. And so after Christmas, you know, it's, it's starting to, to die a little bit and the, the, the pine needles fall on the, the carpet. So I had a brilliant idea that I was going to help my wife and I was going to clean the pine needles. So I got the vacuum out. And, and I got to tell you this, I was 24 years old at the time. And this is my mom's fault. I never used a vacuum a day in my life till that day. So I blame my mother for that. So I decided that I was going to vacuum the pine needles up. Do you know what happened? We had green carpeting. That's what happened. It was a reminder to me that I'm not so handy, but fortunately my wife has domesticated me and uh, I know how to vacuum now. I wouldn't be happily married to this day if I didn't learn quickly. But Happy New Year wasn't so happy that year. We need to utilize our gifts. We need to have gift time every day. 
It's kind of like using an instrument. You see this, this beautiful piano, right? It's great. It looks great. But just sitting here is worthless, don't you think? It's not here for decoration. It's not here just to look good. It's here to be used. Well, you say, well, not, I don't know how to play the piano. I'm just using this as an illustration that it's worth nothing until you use it. Right? Sounds great, right? Right? Do you use your gift time every day? All of you have a gift. And if you want to grow spiritually, you need to use your gift every day. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. Another translation says, Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around. If it's words, let it be God's words. If it's help, let it be God's help. We need God time to grow spiritually, but we need gift time. We need to use our gifts every day. Number three, grace time. In Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says we are saved by grace, right? Through faith. We are saved by grace. We need to accept grace from God every day and give grace to others. I need God's grace in my life every day. And I'm grateful that God gives me that grace every day. But in the midst of our failure, in the midst of our weakness, in the midst of our sin, we tend to want to come to God based upon our good works or in our best days or our finest moments, right? I mean, it's kind of like if I went to church when I felt like it, I'd never go to church, right? We need God's grace in our life. We can't just come to God when we feel like it. We need to accept God's grace in our life. Max Licato in his book, Applause of Heaven, says it this way, God does not save us because of what we've done. Only a puny God could be bought with our tithes. Only an egotistical God would be impressed with our pain. Only a temperamental God would be satisfied with our sacrifices. Only a heartless God would sell salvation to the highest bidder. And only a great God does for his children what they cannot do for themselves. That's grace. My son Xavier likes to learn things on his own. And we have three dogs, and he thinks he wants to sit with the dogs when they eat. And so while they're eating, he, he tries to put his hand in their bowl, which is really not good, right? I mean, even if they don't mean to, he's going to get bit just because they're eating. That's their... Another thing that he does is he loves to watch my wife and I cook. If there were boiling water on the stove or, or whatever, whatever we're doing cooking on the stove, he likes to watch. And he doesn't realize that it's hot, right? And so he tries to touch it. And so I, I take him and I put him on our first step of our stairway. It's his timeout area. And I, and I slap his hand. Don't call DCFS on me, please, okay? It's just an illustration. And I slap his hand. And I say, Xavier, you shouldn't 
put your hand in the dog bowl, you're going to get hurt. The dog's going to bite you. You can't touch the hot stove because you're going to get burned. You see, slapping his hand is far less pain than he would experience in that. And he says, sorry, Daddy. And I take his hands. And I kiss both of them. And I say, it's okay. See, that's grace. That's God telling us, listen, you shouldn't do this. But even in your disobedience, I love you. And I give you grace. We need to recognize and acknowledge God's grace in our lives every day. And it will change our perspective on our response when real life happens. God time, gift time, and grace time every day. Number four, giving time. You see, giving, growing yourself enables you to grow others. Contributing to others. You know, Kelly and I set aside time. We volunteer a lot of hours in a variety of, whether it's ministry or, or community aspects. We even set aside finances and giving, whether it's, it's beyond ties, and, and, and we, we give. And, and I'm so grateful for my wife. She's taught me this, this principle, this, this great way to live that giving will help me even grow. There's a story of a village in a part of a world that is rainy for a small part of the year and a dry throughout the year. One year, the village elders announced a plan. Each day during the rainy season, everyone in the village was to bring a single cup of water to a large tank in the center of the town. Then when the dry season came and the water was scarce, the village would still have water and they would share equally the water in the tank. So the villagers cheered and the elders plan, um, about the elders' plan, and, and it was all agreed. So the rainy season came and went. Dust began to settle on the village, and the ground began to crack from the dryness. And the water became scarce. Then the day arrived when the elders agreed that the tank should be opened and the precious water should be shared among the villagers. Everyone gathered around the tank with cups and bowls, and the spirit of celebration was in the air. So the elders, so, so everyone gathered around, and, and with great ceremony, the elders opened the tank and discovered that not a drop of water was found in, inside. Only then was it learned that not one of the villagers who had agreed to the elder's plan had given a single cup of water. Each had assumed that his or her cup would not be missed. And so the water tank sat empty throughout the rainy season and the village was without water. It's so easy to think that no one will notice our unfaithfulness. But unfaithfulness doesn't hurt only those who are depending on us. It hurts us too. And if the villagers had brought his or her cup of water, that they would have had it returned to them all. And if you are faithful, you receive faithfulness back from God and from others time and time again. We need to have giving time in our life. 
We need to give every day, whether it's our time, our finances, or whatever it may be. Listen, Paul said it this way, that we, we reap what we sow, right? And each one should give what we've they decided in their hearts. Be a cheerful giver. You want to grow spiritually? You need to be a giver. One of the things I, I, I encourage our young people to do on Wednesday nights is to give a dollar a week. It's just an example. And if every student gave a dollar a week for 52 weeks, we'd have thousands of dollars. Now the point is not necessarily to raise money, though we could use that for our youth budget and to help young people participate and grow. But the point is this, is to teach them to grow, because if we give every day, it'll not just help you grow, but it'll help you grow others, right? God time, gift time, grace time, giving time, and number five, Gratitude time. A few weeks ago on Memorial Day weekend, I, I was given the opportunity to lead in song and worship service. And that particular Sunday morning, my wife and son stayed home because they didn't really like the worship leader that day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, and when I finished, I and when I got off the stage that morning, I sat. I sat in, under my seat and, and I looked at my phone and my, my wife texted me and, and she told me that Xavier said, said, great job. He's like, but, but when you were done, he says, daddy, more, more. And she told me that he watched me online sing and he sang with us and he clapped. And though we have a great nursing, great children's ministry, I couldn't help but feel, man, if he... Because he stayed home, he got to participate and celebrate and worship with me. And even throughout the week, he kept on going to my computer and saying, more, more. And we would play a worship song and we would sing and clap. And it's amazing what my two-year-old teaches this 35-year-old about spiritual growth. That we need to have gratitude time every day. We do need it as a body of believers on Sunday morning to worship together, but it doesn't stop there, that we need to worship and be grateful to God, not just for the things that he does for us, but because of who he is in us. And my two-year-old shows me that. Psalm 113.3 says, From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Psalm 34.1 says, I will exalt the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be on my, in my mouth, right on my lips, whatever translation you have. You want to grow spiritually? Have gratitude time every day. Whether you're going through good times or whether you're going through the storm. Listen, I hate seeing my son cry, but there's probably not a day that goes by that he doesn't cry about something. Whether he gets hurt or whether he's tired. But regardless of how bad he feels in that moment, he shows me that we need to have gratitude time every day. 
And I see his maturity level growing as he shows me that as well. You see, there are no secrets to growth. This is not necessarily a revelation, but this is God's wisdom. Paul write to, wrote to the church in, in Ephesus that says, listen, God wants us to grow up. He wants us to grow up in Him. He wants us to draw closer to Him. Do you get it? Maybe you've heard this before. Well, if we were all growing together, if we were all growing consistently, would our church look a little different? Would our community look a little different? Maybe this is a reminder today, but you know what? I, I need to be reminded. I, I'm grateful that God just shows me in His Word, and even through my, my circumstances, my experience, even my own son and my wife show me that God wants us to grow. And we need these five things in our life. We need to spend time with God. We need to have gift time. We need to use our, our gifts every day. Because if you don't, listen, you're not really living. We need grace time, we need giving time, we need gratitude time. And if you do these five things every day, I promise you, you will grow. You will grow together, you will grow towards God. We will build up, as the text in Ephesians 4 continues, it says, when you grow, you build up the body. Right? I know, the youth pastor is getting really theological this morning. Isn't that great? I don't like doing church. I, I, there's a lot of other things that I could be doing with my time. But I'm here in church because I want to grow myself. I want to grow together. And I want to hear God's word to show me, to tell me what I need to do every day. Not just on Sundays, not just someday. But on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for, our, for showing me, showing us examples, even through a child, even through the faith of a child. God, even through our circumstances, we might think that we're going through tough times, but God, you're trying to show us that we need to consider it joy while going through these trials because it will help us grow to maturity. God, I pray for each one in this house today that you will remind us every day this week, this month, this year to do these five things, to spend time with you every day, to not just put it off just because we have the day off and we're on vacation or we're not feeling good or it's our birthday or it's a holiday, but God, you will keep on calling us. And we will answer and we say we, want, we, we need to be reminded that you want to spend time with us. God, I pray for those that need to have gift time. God, maybe there's some in the house today that, that don't know their gift. God, I pray right now that you will show them, that you will tell them that they have a gift, they have an ability, they have a uniqueness about them that, that you want them to do, to use. To help others. God, I pray that we can do that. We can be consistent. God, I pray for grace in our lives every day. God, there's so many. That, maybe there's some in the house that are, are, are feeling lonely. Maybe they're depressed. Maybe they're down and out. God, remind them that your grace is sufficient. 
God, I pray that they will receive your grace today, that they will acknowledge that you love them more than you than they will ever know. God, for giving time. God, I pray that, that we can realize as a whole that we need to not just receive, but we need to give. That giving will help us not just grow, but it will help us grow together. And God, may we be grateful. May we have gratitude time every day, even when we don't feel like it, even when we're tired. God, thank you for reminding me that worship doesn't just fall on Sundays, that your praise should continually be on my lips. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.